welcome back. You are listening to episode number 36 of the Water and Stone podcast. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. As we gather around today, I, I can't help but talk about last Sunday. I'm still reeling from the experience of our very first church service. It was wonderful. It was awesome. And it's it was so nice um, to see so many people. We had about 70, I think. 70 or a little over. Right. Um, we had a couple people counting in the back, which I, <laughs> you know, I don't usually care about the numbers, but they were so excited to tell me, you know, hey, this is how many we got. And, you know, and, and that was that was really wonderful to see so many faces. But really, honestly, as I looked out at everybody there, I just was so grateful just for their their presence in that moment. It really isn't about how many people come or don't come or who shows up or who doesn't show up. It was just about seeing the faces and the eyes and the smiles and um, just for them to feel the excitement that we were feeling. You know, this is now, we have, we have, Pushed the button. We are full steam ahead. <laughs> no, we, we have are, we've jumped out of right. the airplane. We, exactly. We are on our way. We did right. It. We are on our way. And it's Bindle so, stick in hand, right? Yeah, in the rails. And it's yeah. so wonderful. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I'm grateful for the people that that were there and so many that showed up. But but I think it's more the quality of the the folks that were there and and you just felt it and it was just so amazing. And I'm so grateful. Um, it felt good. It felt right. And yay, God, that's, that's basically, yeah, yeah, that's, (laughs) I got to tell you, it was just, you know, obviously we've said before, this is a dream come true. This is not just months, but really decades in the making. This has been so much. And we talked about it in the last podcast about honoring the process and the spiral of life and all that. So it, it, all of that come to fruition. I have to tell you that I'm a, I'm a sappy guy. So at the beginning of the service, when I got to stand up and say, welcome to Water and Stone Church, it was like that moment. And, you know, in the movies when you do the slow zoom and it just became a thing. I mean, it always has been, but man, oh man. And I have to tell you that growing up in a family of ministers, that, you know, how many people showed up? That's the metric of success. How did, how did Sunday go? Oh, good. We had 200 people. It's, that's the number that people use. And as we've said, there's something good about numbers because obviously if you want to change the world, you got to talk to the people in the world. But on the other hand, I have to bring, keep bringing it back to just as you said, it's about the fact that however many people were there, they wanted to be there for the right reasons. And I'm so grateful that people were willing to step outside of their comfort zone. I mean, that's what the talk was about. But also to, to go to church in a place that's not a church you know, in a hotel. And it was just, the whole thing was just so lovely. And I'm so honored to, to have had that experience. Yeah, it was fantastic. And if you weren't able to be with us on Sunday, you can still catch that the Sunday service that Dieter did. It's on our YouTube channel and you can get there a lot of places. You can search for Water and Stone on on YouTube. You can go to our Facebook page and over in the column, there's a little button that says YouTube. I always forget that that's there. That's a cool way to actually get And you can actually just, you can go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com 
and you can look under there and you can get to YouTube, all kinds. Yeah, at the it's bottom a, it's of at every the very page, bottom there's of every links page, to all yeah. of our social media So if media you missed stuff, it, you yeah. couldn't be there and you still want to join us later on um, for the rest of the series because as we've said before in the podcast and all over the place, this is a series of six worship services that are kind of bound together. So if you missed the first one, you want to catch the second you know, through the six ones or something like that, you'll be able to, you can catch up, watch it there. And then you, on the, when you come in September, you'll be, you'll be ready to go. Well, and speaking of September, we were, um, we have a different location for the September 24th service. This is the fourth Sunday of every month, but this time around, we're going to be on the South end of downtown St. Petersburg. We're actually going to be at the university of South Florida, St. Petersburg campus. And so we were driving around looking at the location where we're going to be. And we're super excited about that. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to it, but we were just driving around the neighborhood because being in the neighborhood and figuring out what that means to be part of that neighborhood is really important. And as part of those journeys, we found an amazing new coffee place. Yeah, it's called Storybrook. Um, and I think it's Storybrook Craft Cafe or Craft Coffee. Storybook Craft Coffee, if you just Google for Storybrook, and it's B-R-O-O-K-E, like the name, not mm-hmm. like the body of water, because the owner, her name is Brooke. And we actually got to talk to her the other day, because we've already been there multiple times. She made some killer waffles. Oh my <laughs> goodness, it was so good. Well, and they do a... a I had heard from my neighborhoody friends that uh, you got to get the creme brulee latte. And I thought, okay, well, they put some kind of syrup in it or whatever. I'll give it a shot. And so we ordered that the first time we went in, and they make an exquisite latte. The barista there knows what's going on, really well done, crafted latte. But then on top of that, they I was watching them make it. They put the, the sugar on it, and then the torch comes out, and they actually torch it like a creme brulee, and then put caramel on there, and then... When you get this gorgeous thing that takes a long time to make, then your job, they give you a little spoon and you, you crack the top just like a creme brulee and it falls into the latte and the, the coffee plus the sweet and the caramel and the sugar, it is It was amazing. Perfect. No, it perfect. was amazing. Yeah. And Talking cause about it, I would kind of like to go get one right now. I know, but the, <laughs> but the sort of the... The burnt sugar on top kind of sinks down into your coffee and you kind of stir it in. So you get that throughout the whole coffee as you're drinking it. And it is decadent. It is one of the most decadent things I've had in a very, very long time. But it was so yeah, good. stuff. So good. And- so if, if you need a bribe like to come by, you know, anytime to St. Pete or if you're there for the... For the service in uh, in September, it'd be a good place to go after oh, church. Oh yeah, go there. I check there. Open. It's so amazing. Well, and I gotta say, I won't go into it here on the podcast, but if you're curious, go look up Storybrook Coffee and and all the stuff that has been written about the coffee place. Brooke, the owner, has a really neat story behind where she came from and how she learned and and all of that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a fun thing to investigate on the internet. But I'm such a fan of being out in the neighborhood and just finding out about stuff like that. Not only do you get an experience that's a million billion times better than Starbucks. Starbucks is a fine company, but they're somewhere else. It's so beautiful to deal with actual human beings and keep the money in your actual neighborhood and the whole thing. Yeah, I like it. And I like the, you know, the personal the personal touch and and just 
not having everything so much the same. I, I think that's why we like going to various places all around and, and just really trying on different different stuff. A perfect example of that is um, the bowling alley that we found. Yeah, I was we've, thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, no, we've been there a couple of times and it's so, so amazing. Um, my friend Lou, he's now my friend, officially my <laughs> friend. Um, I love him. I adore him. He works most nights. Um, Ten pin lanes. Yeah, that's it's what called, we're talking about. Yeah, it's called Ten Pin Lanes, and what's fascinating about that is that it is the only locally owned bowling alley anywhere around. Anywhere around, anywhere in Pinellas County. Yeah, if you go to most bowling alleys, they're owned by I don't know big bowling. They're owned by like Brunswick or AMF well, yeah, or there's a, there's a couple there's yeah. a couple of big and that's bowling fine, but they are all kind of look the same. They're mm-hmm. the same, and it is what it is. But when you go into Ten Pin. Nothing has changed in there since about 1972. It, you feel like you're in the Big Lebowski. It's awesome. It's fantastic. And, and Lou is always there. And if you see Lou, Lou looks like he ought to be working in a bowling alley. He's cast perfectly in that role. Great, awesome guy. But it's just a fun thing to to be in the neighborhood. And Ten Pin Lanes has a huge history. Apparently, somebody said, one of the theories is that back in the day, it was a front for laundering mob money or something. Cause if I you believe look, it. Well, if you look at photographs of the area... Now it's on a main road that goes across a little bridge that goes to the beach. But that bridge is relatively new. Before that, it was just a dead end and it was in the middle of nothing. There was nothing out there because it wasn't on the beach. It was kind of swampy area. So the theory is that the mob built that to launder money. And, and But who cares? It's just absolutely a gorgeous place. And so my challenge to you, the listener, is find places like that in your neighborhood. Find ways to not do the mass-produced, huge corporate thing. Find a way to think small. Because I got to tell you, I'm not a huge bowling guy. I'm, I'm, in fact, quite terrible at it. But it's so much more fun to be in a fun place. It's got a story and a history and where you feel like you're really in the neighborhood. Go find the cup of coffee that somebody has mortgaged their dreams to build that coffee shop. And they will spend five minutes making a creme brulee latte or whatever it is that will knock your socks off instead of the the thing where somebody who doesn't know anything about coffee hits a button and it pukes out some latte for you you know what i mean sorry that's a good picture well but (laughs) that's the picture i get and that's why i don't go to starbucks unless it's absolutely necessary because it's not the same yeah starbucks is mostly like cracker barrel it's like road trip you do Starbucks and you do Cracker Barrel when you're on a road trip. Yeah, and that's, that's and that's and okay. That's fine. You know, and it's fine. Because and in it's that situation, that it's there. an oasis of relatively clean bathrooms, and you know what you're going to get. Exactly. But when you're home, when you're doing your thing, life is about not knowing what you're going to get. It's about the adventure of something that somebody put some heart into. So as we start to dig in, I really want to talk about, we just got done talking about like the bowling alley and how it hasn't really changed. Right. And I think it's so important to not make things change just to suit your mood or to suit what you think is appropriate. You know, so much of what we talk about is sort of getting out of your comfort zone and finding the wild places of your heart and finding the stuff, you know, facing your fears, getting out, doing the stuff that that you maybe are not sure that you're very good at. Go and try new things. And 
And I think that that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. Okay. Is not changing things to suit what makes you comfortable. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of examples of that. You know, for example, maybe um, I don't know changing the way you dress in order to to make somebody to make else somebody happy. you or know to my fit in. right That's my yucky. I, yeah That's, that is yeah. but my idols as as I get older and I start looking at older women and what they're doing and seeing who my heroes are or my idols are or who who I want to sort of emulate or follow their path I always I always find myself fascinated with the women that that pave their own path that don't think that don't care about what other people are doing you know it's okay if you want to wear glitter on your eyes and you're 72 you know it's okay that you want to you know dress all in green and be that eccentric lady or those are the just the most fascinating Mm -hmm. women that I find wow that is there is a braveness and a boldness there and they're not changing themselves to fit in and they're not expecting the world to change to fit them. Right. It's about, I think that that's where grace comes from. And there's something really wonderful about just that level of honesty. I would rather hang out with Diane Keaton than some, you know, Victoria's Secret model or whatever. Because, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And absolutely. There's well, something you, yeah. so, so wonderful about that level of, you know what? It's not about my comfort. It's about being honest with the situation. I remember a very, very long time ago, I was I was flown out to go speak at an event. And the basic idea was just talk about the, the basics of how this faith works. And so I was talking about, you know, how the things we think about change our situation. I was talking about how God is good and God is all there is. All of that, but a big cornerstone this is not going to come as a shock to anybody if you've heard me talk for more than five minutes. A big cornerstone was our our Christianity, that we believe in this man in history, but we believe in this concept of the Christ within all of us. And I was enraptured, and I was not as experienced as I am now, of course, but I was doing my best, and I was in love with it. And I had that feeling of, you know what, I'm really giving them a piece of something that means something. You know, and you know, I'm not always in the zone. Nobody is, but in that moment, I really felt it. And I got done with my little talk, and I was so, ah, you know, that moment. And uh, a couple of the people there, now, mind you, this was at a religious event where everybody in the room was of that religious faith. So this was not like a parliament of world religions or an interfaith gathering or people that came in off the street. This was at a retreat that people who all go to the same denomination go to. And I was talking to them about their denomination, just to set the stage. And a couple of the people said, well, that's great, but, you know, a lot of us here are Jewish. So... And I... That... So I, I, even now, I don't, ex- I become, I become a Woody Allen figure because I'm, I don't know what to say about that because it's like, great, but that's, it's like, to me, it's like going to a Mexican restaurant and saying, you know, I like egg rolls. Cool. Okay. But awesome. you came here. Yeah. This is what I got for you. And there's a lot of places where people expect to be comforted instead of challenge yes. to be validated yes 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 and validation is not what's on the table as a preacher i'm not here to validate you that's not my job i'm here to love you but love says we're all going to grow out of where we are 
good or bad, and into something even better. Because the thing in you is so much greater than anything going on on the surface. Which, once again, is why Diane Keaton is a much more interesting person to be around. The thing going on inside of you is where real beauty, for example, comes from. So let's not insist that the world change to fit us, but rather let's go, what if there's something that I can learn from it? Very, very uh, early in our podcast, we talked about, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we have talked about this before. Go back and listen to some of the older ones. But there was a dialogue amongst new thought ministers and leaders, whatever, saying, you know, maybe we should throw away the old books because they were written in the 20s, 30s, and so on. We need to, to, to write new books because those books, the language isn't right and, any, and that kind of thing. We need to throw those away. And my response is, no. I mean, write new ones by all means to go alongside the old ones, but don't throw them away. Learn them. Teach them better. Right. Understand. Because the truth is still the truth. Right. And I think that there's, and I'm not sure when it became okay to get offended at everything. <laughs> we, honestly, sure. it's like you walk around and just there, there are people that are just offended. It's like, I'm offended that, you know, they changed the aisles in order at my grocery store and, you know, yeah. that the milk isn't where it used to be. And I'm offended that things are, you know, got, got moved around at the places that I go. How come somebody didn't check with me? You and, got me out of my bubble. How dare you? Right. And, and I do think that, well, you talked about it a little bit on Sunday about, I think we have become a society where we, our whole goal is to get safe. Remain safe, stay safe, buy the products that are going to make you safe, buy the food, you know, don't, don't go out and eat all, you know, the stuff that you want is going to kill you. Don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of that. And, and I would argue that, yeah, you know what, you don't want to have the bad stuff all the time. But but maybe once in a while. I mean, it's like eggs. One time eggs are good for you, the next time they're bad for <laughs> but you. But the thing is... Safety... Wine is good for you, wine is bad for you. It's like make up your dang mind. But the thing is, if you're looking to outer stuff, you're never going to get the answer. Outer safety is never all that safe. And that's one of the things I talked about in the Sunday lesson. Anybody who's ever been laid off can tell you for sure that if you thought a company was going to give you your safety, you're mistaken. Over and over again, we're sold this idea that we're supposed to find some kind of stability outside of ourselves, but that's not even a worthwhile goal. You're not supposed to seek safety. You're supposed to seek adventure. You're supposed to seek something a little bit crazy. You're supposed to seek the unknown, and you darn well know it when you're quiet and you really think about what you actually want. You want to go out to break boundaries. It's what every part of you was designed to do. And so... It, this has to do with getting past that feeling of superiority that we get when we're upset. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm offended by you, what I'm really saying is I'm better than you. If I'm offended by that thing you did, it lets me feel a little bit superior because I'm in the right and you are a transgressor. And that is a cheap shot. Because if I'm offended all the time, what it really means is I am closed off to learning anything from anything different than myself. I must have my life the way that I am used to it, in a way that's not surprising to me. But the thing that, that life will remind you easy way or hard way, and we both know that the universe has a way of turning up the volume. If you don't get your lesson, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And one of the big lessons is you don't know everything. 
What do you know about how it's supposed to go? This has never been about getting more of your stuff. So this is about not being offended so easily. And this is about not needing things to be your way all the time. Yeah, and I just want to clarify that real quick because, you know, when you say offended, I, I, I again, I go back to sort of recent events and I, I want to I clarify just, just to, to put it out there because I'm sure that mm-hmm. some people will come back and say, yeah, but, you know, racism is offensive. And it's 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 that that should not be. So that's not the kind of offended that we're really well, talking and the, about. And I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Because the thing is, this is not about you know what racism is offended, offensive rather, but it's also wrong. There's absolutely a deeper level, and that's not we're not talking about basic human rights, basic basic human dignity. That's not what we're talking about. Obviously, if it is going to hurt somebody or demean somebody or you know just is gross and and awful and put somebody on a completely different level that's not what we're talking about that's the, that's not the kind of offended that we're talking about you absolutely should be offended by the fact that we still do not have equal rights right and, and so that there's yeah. still such a wide gulf you you absolutely should and we should speak out about it and we should do everything that we can to you know make that change and move move culture and move this society right forward. but see there's a difference between you know i think that a racist is offended by the fact that there's different races out there but the person who is a victim of racism it's not about them being offended it's about injustice Yes. And there is a profound difference there. And maybe we need a new word, but you know what I mean. This is not about having your sensibilities bruised. Yes. And it's, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that out because I could see where what we're saying could be taken the wrong way. Make no mistake. This is this is not about, you know, the, the idea that we shouldn't be respectful of other people. I'm not saying, oh, get over it. What I'm saying is we can't lead with our expectations of how things ought to go. This is about answering to a higher authority. And the example that I'll give is when we do the Lord's Prayer at Water and Stone, we say, just like the Bible says, deliver us from evil. Now, we don't believe in the devil. We don't believe in hell. We don't believe in any power other than God because we take that commandment very seriously that there's only one presence and power in the universe. This is no joke. We don't have any room for any power but God in our lives. And so something that some people do if who believe that is, well, we don't say evil, we say error because it's about a misunderstanding or a mistake in consciousness or you did it wrong. And they'll say, well, you know, evil is live spelled backwards. And yes, and that's cute. And I like that. I don't believe in an evil power either. However, I do believe in changing the world. And if I can't speak your language... We got nothing to talk about. But more than that, in general, I would like for people to stop trying to change the way things are because they don't like it on a superficial level and start understanding it so that the real change can happen. I say evil because I want to have the conversation about what that means. But if I say error, now we got nothing to talk about and nobody learns anything. Well, and it... it it confuses and it divides because and and this is my point about this and and we've talked privately about this is like we tell everybody 
listen to what Jesus said. You know, it's in the Bible, do what he says. And then all of a sudden he's saying the Lord's Prayer. And yes, the translations and everything, blah, 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 blah. But this is our, this is what we have. This is how it's been translated through culture. So we're telling people, listen to what Jesus says in the Bible, but then we're going to go ahead and change the prayer to suit us and not do what Jesus says out of the Bible. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. I and can't again, I can't go. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. Just look at the book. It says that Jesus said our Father. I can't say that and then two seconds later start changing the words around. It's not helpful. It's not instructive. And that's too bad because it was meant as an instructive thing. But we do this thing in New Thought where oh well, you know, we're not gonna say uh criticism. We're going to say helpful uh, guidance. So don't don't tell me you can accept criticism. Just say a different word. And it's like, do we have to censor everything that we say? Right. Because that censorship is way more exclusive and off-putting than just understanding that, you know what, give me the benefit of the doubt that when I say criticism, I'm not saying a bad thing. Right. Or another one is need. You know, th- those poor people in Houston, they need water. They need food. They need shelter. I mean, and obviously, you know, we're not, you know, and so we're so not we're- giving to need. But you know what? There are necessities. There are things that you need. You need food and water. I mean, it's like. When I step out <laughs> you know of the I mean? shower, I need a towel. It's, right. It doesn't, it's not a, it's not a moral transgression. Exactly. And for somebody to swoop in and go, now we don't say need. It's like, you know what? I need oxygen. Right. Is it the case that the spiritual truth of me is greater than the material circumstance? Yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. If I don't know that, it doesn't matter what words I use. And in fact, the words can be a smokescreen to uh, to prevent me from seeing what's really going on. Well, or to prevent anybody else from getting the keys to the secret language that you're speaking and everything else. I would much rather have somebody come up and say, you know what? I need prayer right now and I the outer appearance is that I need money because I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills because I get that I can speak your language and I I can I can come at you and I can you know pray with you and give you some money and do and do what's necessary I would so much rather than give them a lecture about well you know what we really don't say need you know those are the desires of our heart they don't want to hear that right now right. and I think you can help and teach so much better if you start not having secret words that you use or secret things that you use or having a secret way to understand, you know. Uh, it, well, in general, I want to eliminate secrets about how we do our religion. It's not helpful. If we're trying to change the world, let's really understand what the heck we're talking about. It's so powerful to just say, look, just read the Bible with me. And if I come to you and I say, oh, I need prayer, and you go, well, we don't say need. Well, now you've just slapped me. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's not, you know, I would expect that as a truth student, you would pray with me and get to a place of, you know what, God is your all-sufficiency, and God doesn't go away. You've got this because God's got this and God's got you. Okay, well, now I don't, you know, it, the need has been transmuted, but it's not because somebody grammared me into it. You know, there's something really powerful about, let's stop doing that. Understand the words where you are is, is an extension of understand how you feel. There's this whole bigger problem of telling people that they're not allowed to feel a certain way. 
And we've talked about that over and over again, but I think it's at the core of what ought to be fixed. You really feel the way that you feel. The things that are going on are really going on. It's not helpful to go, this is not happening. I'm not poor. I'm not sick. You know what? If you feel sick and you walk around saying, I'm not sick, yes, on an ultimate spiritual level, that's true. You're not because the God in you can't be sick. But if you feel that way and you're just trying to lie to yourself, what, what, what's the goal? Right. It's, it's happening, right? And to deny that it's not happening is a misstep. It really, really is. But I think if I were to give out homework for people, mm-hmm. okay, I would say... Start really listening to people and not to the words that they're saying, but to, to how it's being emoted to you. And maybe stop the judgment for just a minute about the words that they use or their level of education or if they're using bad language or good language. Stop judging from, from that. And really sit down and listen to them, you know, and hear where they're coming from and try to put yourself in that situation. Because if you put yourself there, you make a connection. And when you make a connection, you can understand. And if you understand, you can teach. Right. And you can help that growth process. So yes, judgment and discernment are, 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 important to do that but put it aside just for a second you know if I'm talking to anybody that is serving me whether it's a waiter or a waitress whether it's you know the beautiful person that does my hair every six weeks (laughs) I I absolutely adore her and if anybody needs a hairdresser in the St. Petersburg area let me know because I absolutely have the hookup she is just a beautiful beautiful soul But I think sometimes when we see people in service industry, you know, um, we see them maybe not as educated or as special or as uh, good as we are. You know, I mean, I think we I think we can tend to sometimes look down our noses at them. And I always, always go out of my way to really thank them and I and thank God for them because my goodness if you're not here to check me out at the grocery store, how the heck am I going to get my groceries? Well, and if the you're thing not, is, you I, used to be a cashier. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I mean, my first job. Can and you, absolutely. So, and that's the thing. Can you bless, and so did I, by the way. I used to work at a record store. You know, it's it's like, can you bless somebody on their place in the journey and not judge that they're in a different place than you? Yes, you and I do not believe in an evil power. But can I talk to somebody who does and maybe in the talking to them, get them to stop living in fear? Yeah, instead of correcting them. Instead Instead of correcting the most superficial thing. Right. If somebody shows up at church and they don't have the right outfit on, do they not get to come in? This is a big deal. And that's what's at stake. And I think we in New Thought are 100 times worse than what anything in mainstream religion has going on in terms of correcting each other's words. Well, you know, we don't say lack. Okay, well, you know what? We, we, then we don't know how to deal with it. It's not enough to just not talk about something that you don't want to talk about. Because you know what? There are people in the world who feel like lack is very real. Well, and here's the thing. Just by changing the word, 
It doesn't change the fact. No, and in fact, it, what it, it puts it's a, you in a it puts it's a you, set of blinders. Yes, it is. It oh, puts you in that separation zone. Because the people that say that kind of we don't say lack or we don't say evil, sometimes those are the same people who say, Well, I don't watch the news because it's so negative. And it's like, yeah, I understand it is negative sometimes. And I get that. But on the other hand, if you don't know what's going on, how are you gonna change it? This is about facing where things are. This is about actually honoring celebrating where you have been. You know, this has to do with really saying, I'm going to understand where I'm at. Over and over again in the Bible, and I've talked about this, Paul says, speak to people in a language they understand. Jesus says uh, the thing about pearls and swine, which isn't about how people are pigs. It's about that give people something that they can work with. At the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, you know, there's that part where Mary can't find Jesus. And she goes and she finds him, young Jesus, in the temple, talking to the rabbis, talking to the teachers in their language. Right. And speaking it like an expert. But later on... There's something powerful about that. But later on, he told stories. It was parables. He taught through parables. He taught through stories because that is what people understood. So this is about... Honor your tradition, really understand where you've been, and then apply that in a way that people are speaking. Make yourself make yourself available to that. Instead of making people bend to suit you, if you're really a servant, then serve. You know, can you imagine a restaurant where you go and the and the waiter or the waitress says, Here's what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> That might be cute one right. time, but yeah. it gets old really fast. Think about how many times you've been to a church and the minister or the whatever they call themselves gets up and you listen to a half hour of them talking about how delighted they are about something they did. Or how spiritual they are. Yeah, and how they or, are enraptured with, right. you know what, that's awesome. Or here's a list of my accomplishments and here's why you should adore me and all of it. Yeah. And you know what, that's good for you. That's awesome. We need more of that in the world and you are doing a good thing. However, that's not very helpful to the person who says, yeah, but you know what, I'm not feeling so great about myself. Here's where I am right now. I'd like to have a job or a life that works. I'm wrestling with these things. Can you please give me some truth principles that I can apply to my life instead of telling me what I'm not? You are the light of the world, says Jesus. Let's work from there. You know, there's a real different thing there. Being a servant, which is what you and I and everybody are called to do, means serving and saying, where are you at right now? But it also means not just that thing about other people, but as far as yourself, it means honoring your traditions. We're not going to start changing the Bible. We're going to learn how to read the darn thing. There's something really beautiful about that. We don't have to change all of the words to anything. Charles Fillmore said evil when he read the Lord's Prayer too. Well, I just think we should stop being so darn nitpicky about everything right are we stronger than that right exactly does everything have to just be so great and and do you have to have you know do you have to be proper all the time and i would say no that is causes separation and if you're gonna go talk about this stuff if you're gonna live this stuff a be yourself here's the thing having and acting like somebody else is a lot of work. <laughs> and you have to keep up with it. And that is just something that I don't have time to do. 
I think that's one of the reasons that it's like what you see is what you get. I, I don't, I'm not anybody else from from Sunday through Saturday. You you get me in, in, in everything that I do because it is too much work to be, to have another persona. I'm just not going to so do that. So if you have to carry around a special lexicon of, well, here's what this says and here's what we say all of the time, maybe you're not actually living very much. I'm okay with somebody else saying evil because I know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. But if all I do is change the words, I never get to engage with that set of teachings. And so I don't, I don't know. There's something really beautiful about just facing it, honoring where you've been. And we've talked a little bit before about how when we decided to call this water and stone church, we're bucking a, a tradition that of calling it, well, we're not going to call it a church because people have been burned by church. We're going to call it a spiritual center. And I get that a lot of people have been burned by church. But you know what? We're going to just do church better. I want to take it back. Because the alternative is, oh, I guess all churches are bad and we're going to call it a spiritual center and all restaurants are bad because I got food poisoning and I'm going to have a food center. And we're not going to have scripture just like we're not going to have menus. We're going to have a food list. Come on. You're working so hard to to, to dance around the thing. Let's face it. Let's... And it's the same thing. Yeah. Just because you change the name does not change what it is. So in your life, look at what's going on and do it better. Learn from it. Because where you are, there's something important for you to learn. There's a conversation for you to have. There's somebody in your life that can benefit. Maybe it's you. Just do it better. I didn't say perfectly. Just do it better. You know how you feel about certain things. Are there taboo topics? Maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe they should be faced. Pay attention to the words you're not allowed to say. And see why. Look into that place you dare not look and see what happens. As we get to the uh, listen up part of our show, this is the part where people send in questions and we would love for you to send us questions. You can do that by visiting us on our website, waterandstonechurch.com. You can email info at waterandstonechurch.com. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of us on various social media and so on and so forth. But one of the things that we're really excited about is during the church service, while I'm doing the lesson, we put a phone number up on the screen. And while you're sitting there in the room with me, you can text questions to that phone number. And so after I finish the lesson, there's a little bit of a pause, and then I answer some of those questions. I, I can't get to all of them, but that's kind of the point because now we've decided that tonight we're going to answer one of the questions that we didn't get to. Now, honestly, there's a lot more questions that we just couldn't answer, so keep asking them, keep sending them in. But we wanted to give a little extra time and just really respect all of the people that, uh, that texted in some amazing questions. This time around, and I can't even say who it's from because the way the text messaging thing works I've got it set up on an app so it goes through a whole bunch of Google stuff and everything and then Jenny and I get it on our phone. So I don't even know who asked the question. But the question is, how do I get out of my comfort zone? How do I get out of my comfort zone? And the reason that's important is because the Sunday service, much like what we just got done talking about, has to do with the idea that miracles happen when you step outside of your comfort zone and into faith. 
So the question is, how do I get there then? How do I step out? Sounds good. How do I do it? Gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I, I saw this on Sunday and there were so many good questions. Yeah. And I have, been, I have been thinking about this. And for me, I think when I am forced to, out of my comfort zone, Part of it is just, just do it. You know, I, I think of the Nike campaign. It's just like, just, just do it. Just take, just take that step. Just take, you know, take a deep breath and just do it. And, but I recognize that that is not, you know, it's easier said than done. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I was thinking along similar lines as I was saying it, I, the, the phrase I kept coming up with is stop stopping. Right. You know, because right. there's this, like I said a little while ago, we are engineered for motion. We are built for speed. Our physical, biological organism, our intellectual self, our spiritual nature, we are designed to break boundaries, to move forward. We can't really help it. And in fact, when you really think about the parts of your life that are frustrating, that make you angry, that make you feel sick or hurt or afraid or alone or whatever, those are the parts where there's somebody trying to hit the brakes, whether it's you or somebody that you're frustrated with. And finding a way to stop stopping is the beginning of all of this well i think of my own fears and if you know me um and if you don't know me you're about to know me a little bit more but um i really have a fear of heights and it's a it's a very really kind of random fear like I can get on an airplane and not have a problem at all. In fact, don't have it. Can climb to a top of a mountain, do not have a problem with that. But it seems to be like man-made like structures, building buildings, okay. high escalators, you know, coming around the corner and doing that. And I get terrified, like legit terrified, like heart pounding, flop sweats, you know, um, knees buckle. I, sometimes I have to just sit down on the ground. I, it, and it's really, um, fright it. Well, it's frightening, but it's also paralyzing is the word I was looking mm -hmm. at. It can be physically paralyzing. And so for me coming out of my comfort zone sometimes requires me to, you know, life brings you to places you have to be in high buildings you have to take escalators the one my, it's really funny but the one of the bane of my existence is the large escalator at the trop and if you've been Tropicana to if you, field, if you've been, yeah if you've been to Tropicana field and we always sit up like on the high levels yeah, we get nosebleed seats yeah, because you can see cheats, the whole game and, and it's fun yeah. it's expensive to take a family of four to the ball game it's like 200 bucks yeah. i mean it, that, it's kind of crazy i like sitting up there anyway because when we go on outings with a whole bunch of people everybody gets a ticket yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's you know it means that you're not down you know sitting in the really expensive seats but it means more friends can join you but okay so there is this huge it's like a three two or three story escalator that kind of comes up and it is freaking terrifying like it I, and i know that when we the morning that i know that we're gonna go to a ball game you gotta get yourself worked up for i it. have to do it and you know i could take the elevator but it, the elevators take forever i did that once and i mean you are on that elevator for 20 minutes well and you're on the elevator with everybody else who didn't want to get on the escalator and i i don't believe in energy or whatever you know that kind of stuff 
But I will say there's something about being in a closed space with a bunch of scared people. Right. It's not It's, it's not, not. It's not but, good. But anyway, so I start, when I know I have to face it, I, I go and I know that I am facing that escalator. Um, it takes me a little bit to really psych myself up. And it is that first step onto the escalator that I know that is going to be the hardest thing is just taking that that first step. But I do it because it's so important to feel the fear and then to acknowledge that that is what is going on. Acknowledge that you need help. I'm like, Dieter, stand behind me and this is what it is. Put your hand on my back. I have to hold both. I mean, it's like a ridiculous routine that I have to do to make it to the top. But I do it every time. And there are days that it's easier and there are days that that are harder. I don't know why it is, but I feel like it is one of my life's mission to get over it. I think when I think about stepping out of your comfort zone, that's what I think about. Well, I think that the idea of looking at, if you want to get out of your comfort zone, look at the place where you're afraid of something. Because in our society, there is a tendency to just close off that fear. Just put a wall around it. Just don't go over there. Don't look at the fear part and you create a bubble of comfort that doesn't involve that fear place. And that bubble gets smaller and smaller and weirder and weirder as in our culture we invent more things to be afraid of. Fear is a powerful way to sell a product. So I'm afraid of tooth decay. I'm afraid of people who look different than me. I'm afraid of my finances, whatever it is. We invent these fears and then people build a wall around them and so the bubble shrinks and the bubble shrinks and the bubble shrinks. Remember that if God is in charge, then I don't have anything to be afraid of. Let me put that a different way. God doesn't get afraid. And if the divine is the truth about me, if that is my birthright, if I'm made in the image and after the likeness of God, that means there's a part of me that is unkillable, that cannot be afraid. So facing my fear is a big part of expressing my divinity. So take that thing, you know, be sensible, take care of your yourself and all of that. But a great way to get out of your comfort zone is to really think about the thing that you're afraid of and really face it. I, I've heard that when uh, mountain climbers have to wrestle with, you know, I want to be a good climber, but I got to deal with this fear. One of the things that they'll often do is, is get themselves to a place where they're really high up and you get yourself roped in so you, you're safe and all of that. And you just let yourself hang there, just looking down at, at the expanse and until get through to the other side of the freak out. You know, and in a way that's kind of what you do when you're when you're dealing with that. You know, it's it's one of those things. Look at the thing that you're afraid of and really, really look at it. I think that that's a beautiful way, instead of running from it, instead of walling it off. I think that there's a lot of things you can do. And one of the things, you know, we've talked about some of this before in terms of how do you get new ideas and how do you get inspiration. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago. But just real quick, do something silly. Or find something that's just a little bit irritating and go for it. So in other words, walk the long way around. You know, little silly things like that. Go get a puppy. Oh, goodness. Can we? We've got one. Can, no, can we get another one? 
No, we've got one that's already irritating. Oh, see? But, oh, see, now you've just opened the door. Yeah, I... but see, I'm not afraid. I'm just irritated. But no, there's there's <laughs> something there's something about find something that's a little bit of a perturbation that perturbs a little bit. Don't go, you know, don't go overboard with that, like getting a second puppy. But find find something that you have to really look at. Find something and go, why does this get under my skin? Is it healthy that it has interrupted my schedule of how life is supposed to go? Because the thing is, if my problems don't exist in God, then I need to get past that human place. I need to get into the God place. If my problems exist in my expectancy, then I need to step out of my expectancy. So can you get yourself to a surprising place? You know, being parents was great, is great, but especially was great when they were smaller in terms of this because they, you know, little kids around, it's like having a bunch of crazy people in the house. You never know what they're going to do. And, you know, it does get old after a while. But there's something really beautiful about going, you know what, I, I have no idea. What did you do last night? Oh, well, it was baby time. Our daughter was awake all night, so we just had a slumber party. You know, those kind of moments of spontaneity get you back to a primal place. So be spontaneous. Be fun. Go do something that you want to do. That's the thing. You can look at what are you afraid of and face it, or you can also look at you already know what you want to do. You know, you you dream of writing the great American novel. Write a little bit. Write. If you get up an hour earlier, write a little bit. That's all. Do a thing. Because you, you darn well know what you want to do and you know what you're afraid of. And by going towards what your heart is calling you to do and by also going towards that thing that you're afraid of doing, and in fact, sometimes they're the same thing. By going in that direction, things tend to get uncomfortable. That's what you want. Because God doesn't live in your comfort zone. Faith doesn't live in your comfort zone. You know, I, I there's an article going to go out on the blog in a, in a couple of days, and I'll tease it a little bit. Sometimes when people pray for a certain amount of money, like, let me win the lottery, what they're really praying for is, can I have enough money to where I don't have to have faith anymore? To right. where I can trust the amount of money? Right. Well, that is a dangerous thing, and that's why you're never going to get it that way. The universe is a little safer than that. Agreed. So get to a place where you're just on faith. They call it stepping out on faith, so step out. Well, it's time to check it out. And this is where we're telling you where we're going to be, what we're up to, and uh, all that good stuff. So, um... I think the first thing we want to talk about is our class that's coming up on Tuesday, September 5th. It's a seven-week class. It's called Bring the Fire. Right. It's going to be really great. We're, we're teaching it down at Unity of Sarasota. Yeah, and it's if, that's, if you're in the St. Peter area, you know where Sarasota is. It's just the next town down. It's easy to get to. Unity of Sarasota is a lovely uh, church. It's just really a cool thing. We've talked about it a lot. I just want to say one more time. Really excited about that starting very soon. And it's going to be from 7 to 8.30. Yes. And it's taught on a love offering basis. Mm -hmm. There's no fee. You don't have to call ahead and reserve a spot or anything like that. Just come be there. And it's about being of service. Just the stuff that we've been talking about tonight. It's about putting God first. And it's about really showing up for your life. There's something really, really beautiful about all of that. We also want to let you know that our next 
Water and Stone Sunday Worship Service is happening on September 24th. It is part two of a series of six. This time we're going to be talking about wild love. Yeah. We talked about wild life last time, and now we're going to be talking about wild love. So if you're looking for more wild love in your life, you're not going to want to miss it. And again, if you missed last Sunday and you want to catch up, Go watch it on YouTube. It's out there for you to see. And and then by the time you see us on September 24th, you'll be all ready to go. Yeah, and I want to make sure you know that you don't have to have watched it before. If you want to bring somebody new to church or whatever, you can do that. You don't have to make them watch it. I think you get more out of it, but I'm designing this to where anybody can walk in at any time and do any of it, of course. But once again, that's September 24th, University of South Florida, St. Petersburg campus. Um, Harbor Hall. Harbor Hall. It's where the Dolly Museum used to be. There's maps and all that kind of stuff. And I have to say that last Sunday, we were in a place in downtown. It was really cool. The Hotel Indigo was really neat. But one of the things that was a challenge for some folks was figuring out parking because there was a lot of different places to park. This time around, there is a dedicated parking lot right in front of the building. So parking is not going to be such sweet sorrow. Sorry, that was a dad joke. But what do you, what do you want from me? But uh, no, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that as well. And then on October 1st and October 8th, those are both Sundays, back-to-back Sundays. We're going to be over at Unity of Sebring. Sebring, because, Florida. Yeah, because we are helping out Reverend Andy. Reverend Andy, I think, is going on a European vacation. and Him and Chevy Chase, Beverly <laughs> D'Angelo. It's going to be great. Gosh, it's going to be a little different. I'm hoping it's a little bit if different If I ever won the lottery, we're going to do a shot-for-shot remake of the National Lampoon films with Reverend Andy. I've just yeah, decided. Yeah, no, but poke? it's he has that <laughs> That man, he's just such a lovely guy. He's been there for us. In, oh, since when the nobody beginning. else, when nobody right. else would, and since he the is beginning. Andy is the real thing. I just love him. And by the way, find um, Andy Conyer or look for Unity of Sebring on Facebook. Andy and Tim uh, from from his church. They do a series, a little video series recorded from Tim's driving around and asking Andy questions. And they're wonderful. Andy is such a wise man, anyway, and it's just such a fun format go check that out but anyway uh we'll be doing the sunday service two sundays in a row so that uh, reverend andy can take a much deserved vacation honored to do it but also unity sebring is a great community i just i just adore that right it's gonna feels be like home feels like family. it does it does um and then on october 22nd once again it's the fourth sunday we're going to be doing part three of the Wild series. Wild Faith. And it's called Wild Faith. And so mark your calendars for October 22nd. That's, and you get, yeah, come, and, come and see us again. Mark fourth Sunday of every month between now and February, fourth Sunday at 11, uh, somewhere in the St. Pete area. Just go ahead and pencil that in. In fact, get a pen. <laughs> and then on October 29th, we're going to be doing the final branching we thought in. the last one I know, was a final. I know, but people kept calling and asking for it. But this will be the final branching in workshop and service. And book signing. And book signing. Um, it's going to be at Unity of Naples. And so we're doing it one last time, October 29th, to close out the year. And it's going to be fantastic. It really is. We have a couple of ongoing things that we do, and there's a little bit of a change because we used to have our Thursday night Bible classes um, that are live on Facebook. 
but we've decided to move them to Wednesdays. So now there's a couple of things that are happening on Wednesdays. You can meet up with us Wednesday morning for a sunrise walk. You've, we've talked about it a ton of times. We meet at about 7.20 at North Shore Beach. If you can see and the volleyball you, courts, you can see us. Right. Around so 7.20 in the morning a, on Wednesdays. Right. So come take a little bit of a walk with us and get some coffee, talk about spiritual things, watch the sun come up. It's been glorious the last couple of oh, weeks. Oh, man, yeah. And then if you can't do it that morning, Wednesday evenings, that's when we're going to do our live Bible discussions on Facebook. 8 o'clock in the evening Eastern Time, Facebook Live. And uh, talk about I talk about something in the Bible. It's great. We have a, we have a sharing time. People send in questions. Questions are important. And we just, we just talk about how this stuff works when you work it. And then on uh, Sunday evenings, about a half hour before sunset, we gather at St. Pete Beach. And we park at the Dolphin Village parking lot. And if you go to the website, waterandstonechurch.com, there's a map and all of that kind of stuff. But basically, you go to the public beach access. You walk about 100 yards or so south of where you hit the beach. You'll find us there. There's a big clump of people. That's us. We'll usually have the water and stone uh, church flag up. You can see us. But one way or another, come find us about a half hour before sunset. And it's not a formal thing at all. It's just us being together, socializing a little bit, celebrating the week, talking about our accomplishments and what we're looking forward to, holding the vision together. And then we go out and we have ice cream. I think it's pretty great. I love that. But so that's uh, every Sunday at sunset. it's that time again it's time to wrap it up everybody's got a story everybody's got things in their life that they're excited about that they want to share that they want to carry forward and everybody's got parts of their story that might be challenging that they might not want to talk about that they might be afraid to talk about or they might just feel funny about take a minute and look at it Stop running from it and learn how to do it better. Learn how to use it. Learn how to grow from it. And then you can stop being afraid of it. Either you get to finally walk away because you finally got done. You got to the other side of it. Or you find out that whatever that thing was that you couldn't talk about isn't so bad. And it might help you be the person you want to be. One way or another, the power comes from being brave. God doesn't get afraid. There's a part of you that doesn't have to be afraid either. But if you feel that fear right now, it's okay. Just do it anyway. Water and Stone Podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. <laughs> and the, uh, the owner-operator, uh, El Presidente of... Uh, Pinfeather Studios is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts and she is awesome. She is half of the music that you hear during these shows. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. And uh, we want to give him credit. And also Raina and Miles and their friend Cameron, who we've known for a million years. They're the band that you hear on Sunday mornings at Water and Stone Church. And they were awesome last they Sunday. I just want to give a shout out yeah. to the band. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you darn well know what that means. It means a whole bunch of things. Go to the support page on waterandstonechurch.com if you want to find out ways that you can help. But the main thing that you can do to help support us is spread the word. 
share these posts with somebody, go read the blog and share that, watch the YouTube movie or the talk that I did and let somebody know. That kind of thing goes a long way. We're trying to change the world, so help us let people know about it. The other thing you can do is go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, and I'm asking you right now to write a five-star review. All you got to do is click the review button. They'll show You'll see stars, not because you've hit your head, but because the, the interface will show you stars. Hit that five-star button. That's how the algorithm works. It helps us spread the word. We want to get this out to a lot of people. And finally, the last way right now that you can support us is show up. Make plans to be with us on the fourth Sunday at 11 o'clock. It was so beautiful having so many amazing people there. It felt like family. It felt like home. Maybe you're looking for a home too. You've got one. Come find us. Have a wonderful week. Get out of your comfort zone and do something that you're afraid of.